whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. So when Beth Amon was here to talk about Wicked, we talked about a lot of things. Just tons of things. So here you go. Beth Amon and me being interesting. We join the conversation already in progress. It's not really every day, nor did, does it really exist anymore. Did you do, uh, actually I shouldn't even ask do, which songs of these did you do for your recitals at Catholic University? I did none of them. You did none? We were very much told, like, do not do Wicked. Like, we had a really, oh, really? we were an era of, like, a really big do not sing list. Really? Yeah, and I was there 2009 to 2013. Right. And it was like, no, 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 we don't do Wicked. No, no, no. Oh, that's a shame. I know. That is a real shame. I would have done I'm Not That Girl. No good deed. <laughs> Probably. What were, so when I was there, now I was not a, I was not a music major at Catholic U, but I was president of center stage and I was deeply involved and I was in a lot of recitals and wrote for some recitals. So the rules were that you had to have a song that was pre-1950, mm-hmm. I believe, and you couldn't have more than two songs by the same composer mm-hmm. in one recital. So that yeah. still holds? Okay. It was still hot. I think it was 1960, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Since you went pre- there 10 years later, they would kick it 10, year, <laughs> 10 years off. <laughs> they said yeah. pre-Golden Age. Yeah, exactly. Pre-Golden Age. Um, uh, it, yeah, I didn't do anything from that. That's really, okay. My, my well, whole if you were discouraged, jun- then. We were, yeah. My whole junior recital was called As Told by Ginger and was all material by Redheads. Oh, nice. Um, so, like, like some that. Lucille Balls and Bernadette Peters um, worked in either, like, something that, like, Gwen Verdon had done. Right. Like, uh, just working in the redhead thing. And then my senior recital was just, like, these are some songs that I like mm-hmm. and some words that I'm going to say. And I'm going to pretend <laughs> Would to like dance. Would like my degree now. Can I yeah. have it? Thank you. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, that, that killed that. But <laughs> that's a shame you were discouraged. See, because that's what I'm talking about. That's what I don't want to get, like... There I'm, is there's such a stigma of like you like Wicked. It's right. Like, yes, I do. But, but I also enjoy other musicals. But it doesn't Thank make you. any difference. I mean, it is this like, it the show has been running for 14 years. Mm-hmm. It shows no signs of slowing. No. So it is. I will say a, the only shame of it running for as long as it does is that this show is like when it closes, every high school in America is going to do it like simultaneously. Oh my god. It has such a great... They're all going to do the thing instead of, like, flying with, like, a cherry picker. They're all going to do the thing where they lay down on the ground and, like, point up and go, she's yes. wicked. She's wicked. It's going to be the best low-budget wicked ever. it's going to be fantastic. But that, like, that's a real shame of it, like, when shows run that long and, they, and they're not released to the general public. Like, that's a shame for me, I feel that. And I, and I kind of hope, like, when it hits, like, 15, 16 years, maybe they'll just be like, okay, it's fine. Like... But will People they? Can, no, they won't because they didn't do it with Phantom, they? so they won't do it with Wicked. No. But, They're like trying to climb up the ranks of like longest running musical. Right. And I'd rather have it be Wicked than Phantom. But yeah. it's, you know, or Lion King for that matter. Okay, but, but Lion King is beautiful. The production, yes. The, I saw it in Baltimore. Yeah, the production is astonishingly good. I can't sing those songs without crying either. <laughs> well, those are good. Yes. I, like, I, like, I don't like the – that's a show where I don't really like the show because I don't like the added songs – as much as I just like the there original, some the efficiency like, of the movie. Yeah, there's some words like, uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, I was, yeah. um, right when I moved back to DC after college, I was nannying a family, and 
they like they really liked the Lion King and I showed them like the Broadway soundtrack and mm-hmm. played it once and then that was all I heard for six months. Yes. Um <laughs> like and we would have songs where we'd be like, This song is stupid, we're skipping this song. Mm-hmm. Like like there's like a lioness song, we'd be like, No, bye. Yeah. Like the stampede, nope, too scary, bye. Right. Going through <laughs> <laughs> uh, children. Yes, they love it. My son got the Moana soundtrack for uh Valentine's Day, and uh, we've heard "You're Welcome." Let's see, it's been two days. Yeah, I was gonna say that was like I've heard it like seventy times. Ago. I'm gonna say like the season keeps pushing back, and then occasionally he'll do "Shiny," and then I'll go back to <laughs> "You're Welcome" for a while. And then sometimes he does a Lin Manuel Miranda version of "You're Welcome." Good. And then we go back to to the rock. You're getting that um, variety in there. Just a little, just yeah. enough. And he's sitting there with the booklet, like reading. He's memorizing the words. I think I about these it. moments when, like, I'm babysitting kids like this, and they're doing that, and thinking, "My poor parents." Oh yeah. My poor parents. When well, he said to me this morning, he says, "Dad, what's your favorite song from Moana?" I was like, "I don't, know, you know, Shiny, maybe. I don't know." He's, like, "I said, mine's You're Welcome." I was like, "Yes, I." <laughs> I've I, never I known know. that. I noticed. Before. Yeah, we are paying attention. Oh my god, <laughs> there's so many. I could there. I have like too many babysitting stories of like kids and musicals because the, the selfish part of me is like, we're gonna listen to a musical. Yeah, I like a musical. Right. But like things have happened where uh, it's been a kid hooked on Frozen and they've decided like we're playing Frozen. It's like a little girl and she said, okay, I'm going to be Elsa and I'm thinking like, and I'm Anna, baller. Great. And she's like, and my little brother who like can't crawl yet and it's just like a fluff of a human is Olaf. I'm like, okay, great. Good, good, good. We're going to cast me next. Great. She's like, the dog is Sven. I was like, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Like you're you're thinking really well through this casting. And then she's like, and you're the townsperson. Chase me, go! And runs away. <laughs> I'm thinking, I have a degree in musical right, theater. Right, kid, you're really good. You're welcome for bringing I mean, the soundtrack to you. I'm happy to be a part of this process. I am but, the uh, townsperson. My talent is being wasted here in this in this living room production like, of Frozen. I'd like to offer myself up as like either of the bad guys. Um, I could right, be like, right. Any options? No, could I could be the, be the from, I could be the snow monster. Yeah. No. Somebody with some animus, okay. not a crowd of like, people. <laughs> great. Okay. Not even. You would a... be a good. I mean, snow monster would be good for a big. But you. then she'd have to be. She'd have to be uh, Anna. Not Elsa. No, that logic would not work. That wouldn't work. Nope. She was Elsa. She was Elsa. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's her show. This was, yeah. You know, you're in her house. I was just featuring. That's true. You know, you have to, you just be grateful for the work, (laughs) I think, is what you have to be. It's a a privilege to be considered for the the role. It's great to be in in the ensemble. There's no small role. Right. That's true. (laughs) Especially when you're the only other person on stage who can walk. And the biggest person in the room, but that's Yeah, well, then they'll remember you. The crowd will remember you. They will. They'll be like, look at that cute four year old and that very strange 20 year old woman. This holds together very well. It was a good show. On the the whole, you know, kind of uneven maybe, but it was great. All right, so you're a producer. Hang on. We're going to have a conversation. (laughs) This, Because this this is a problem I have. I I came up, I mean, I came up in the theater, but then like made a hard right turn into film for Mm -hmm. years. And for like 10 years, that was pretty much all I did. And I worked in film, pitched things. And then, you know, did all that, got things made. And when you do that, when, you, when you're when you in L.A. pitching content, you have to be talking about how it's going to make money. That has to be part of your conversation. You have to be saying, this is the audience and this is how much money they make and this is where we're going to release it and this is why. And it's the big thing you always do in movies are like, it's like this meets this. Like these two things put together, these yeah. two popular things together, that's the audience we're going for. That has to be part of your presentation. Mm-hmm. When I pitch theater yeah if i bring up money everybody gets super uncomfortable like about the the commercial aspects of something and i'm like and this will be really good because your audience here and this and that and i feel the room tense 
a little bit and just be like, well, we're not supposed to talk about money. Like, that's just the feeling That would I not get. happen in our room. I'd be like, okay. great, yes, good, and? Good, good, okay. Because there's this feeling I sometimes get around theater people that, like, we shouldn't be talking about money. This is about art, not money. I mean, it is about and I go, art, but it is about But money. how do you pay for the art Well, my no money? My approach is always, will we have enough money to pay for this? Mm-hmm. Like, when we started Monumental, um, there is a woman who was, like, a producer, a mentor of mine, and she had, like, a very serious talk with me about how we define success. Mm-hmm. And she, we talked, like, I immediately was like, money. She's like, no. Like, the, the way you define success as a producer is not just, like, commercial success and monetary success. That if you are able to produce a show and pay your people and, like, pay all of your bills and not go into debt over it, like, and you don't make anything back beyond that, but you still had a really great show that opened up doors for you or gave a new writer an opportunity or launched this one person into, like, the best part of their career, mm. would you still call that a success? And I immediately was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And she goes, okay, then you need to start producing things with that mindset. Right. Like, I am – we like, I am not dealing with debt. That is not a game we will ever play. <laughs> right. Um, I – like when we make our budgets for the year, say like, do we have enough money to do what we're intending to do? Yes. Okay, great. Will we have enough money to do what we want to do after we've done like show number one for show number two? Yes. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And keep going from there. Um, I don't know. Like I think if someone brought up like here are the commercial benefits like in a proposal to me, I'd be like, I love you. Right. Thank you. Great. Okay. Someone else gets to think about the money besides me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, because you have to pay for it. I mean, you it do. is. And that's sort of. But that's different. You have to pay for it, but then will you make money on top of that? Right. Well, yeah. And well, can you, yes, can you sustain? Well, like, but I mean, when I say pay for it, I mean like the thing, like the theater company, like yeah. the future of you. Like, you're, mm-hmm. can you pay for this show and the next show and then that mm-hmm. show? And I'm sure that when Schwartz was pitching this to producers, he said, like, it's a family show. It's got Wizard of Oz recognition. It's big, bright, and colorful. And these are characters we already – like, there's a lot of reasons to do this. And when I pitch children's theater, that's always something we have to talk about is name recognition of your your subject. It has to be based on – like, if it's going to be a new work, it has to be based on a book or it has to be based on a title or it has to be something that people recognize so that you're getting – a, a guarantee like, oh, I'll go take my kid to see a show about whatever based yeah. on the Mo Willems book or based on, you know, uh, like, well, and the Adventure Theater is doing Ellen Enchanted right now. Like, okay. that's a perfect example. Like, that's obviously that that was a movie and it was a book first. Mm-hmm. We got the book rights and then not we, they got the book rights and they we made it. We are doing the musical Ellen Enchanted. I'm not making any money. Truly, it's it. like one of my favorite movies. I'm not ashamed. Oh, okay. I like that movie. I love I'm it a fan so of it. Much. Oh, yeah. I love Anne Hathaway, though. She's so good. Also, Hugh Dancy is a delightful <laughs> prince in that. That's true. I forgot he was a prince in that. He is. That is like, I own that movie on my iPod from like 2005. You could like buy a movie. Right. I like, it's, I still have my iPod from 2005. With Ella Enchanted. With Ella Enchanted on it. All right. Every now and again, when I'm on like a mega bus and I have it with me, I'll pull it out and watch it. It's one of those little screens, (laughs) too. It's really tiny. Like, it's commitment. Because it's got the wheel, right? The 2005. Uh It doesn't flip at all. Nope. Look at you. I know. I'm old school. Wow. That's impressive. You must really like that movie because you're kind of barely watching yes. it at that size. That's really impressive. I like that a lot. I think 13-year-old Beth has a lot of things that she has latched onto that will not let 25-year-old Beth like let go of. Right. Ella Enchanted is one of them, allegedly. I get that. Sure. That's fine. And mm-hmm. Wicked. 
like it. But no. you you seem willingly willingly holding on to that. So yeah, no. Yeah. no. But I, I guess I, I I I'm not like fighting against either of these things. Like I'm not being like, oh, I only like Wicked because 13 year old Beth likes Wicked. Like, well, right. No, I'm not saying that. Beth also, also likes, likes Wicked. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Is that, that what I say you're willingly holding on to this? Yes, like yes, 13 yes, year old yes. Beth is holding it up, and 25 year old Beth is like, yes, okay. absolutely, I will take that, <laughs> and I will carry it proudly. <laughs> The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Beth Amon for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. <laughs>